the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, we're Wednesday, we're middle of the weekday, we're hump day, we are on the road down the hill to Friday, and that's a good thing, although Heidi was telling me today, as I walked in, I sat down, that I was looking at snow on Friday evening, and I thought, no, please. I didn't expect to hear that word again until... December of this year, but evidently we're going to maybe old man winter is going to get his final push in. So we'll, we'll see how that all goes. Ken Yang is here today. He joins us. He, uh, of course, bypassed the studio when he first came in to make his way to the break room to get a cup of coffee. Yes. That's, that's fresh coffee, brother. That's yeah, just been that's made. It. Uh, Rick Bazette got a hold of me, and I have somewhere where you can send money to help people from the Ukraine and know that your money is going to be held and, and used correctly. So uh, I'll tell you about that as we get into the show. David Mitchell is on his way up. He is with Acre. He's going to sit down with us, and we're going to take a look at the budget because it's done now. But what's in it? Do you know? I don't know. So we'll have him on to try to break that down a little bit for us. And then uh, before we get into everything, let me remind you, tomorrow is our first town hall meeting. It will be held at the Agape uh, Family Life Center over on Napa Valley Drive. Uh, easy to find. Uh, to get your tickets, simple. Just go to 1011fmtheanswer.com. And then click on the link so where you buy your tickets at. $10 to get in. I hope to see you there tomorrow night. First, uh, the first town hall we're going to have. The next one be on April 7th. And that will be for the Arkansas Attorney General. So that'll be a fun one, of course. There's a lot. Of, every I've gotten about six, six questions. And uh, I need about three more. So if you have a question that you would like to ask the uh, uh, lieutenant uh, governor candidates, not any particular one, just a question, uh, send it to townhall at Salem, S-A-L-E-M-L-R dot com. All right, and uh, I'll get it. Well, David is bellied up to the bar here in the studio now. Morning. He's ready. We'll get you up on the microphone. Pull that oh. microphone closer to you. Sorry about there that. There you go. We want to be able to hear you real good. And uh, Ken, what's going on before we get started? What's going on down in Saline County? 
not much. Just a bunch of uh, candidates running for uh, office, and not only in uh, well Republicans running for office, mm-hmm. not only in Saline, but uh, all across the state. Um, we had our meeting last week. Had probably over 120 people show up to our wow our meeting, uh, and that's the case across the state. You know, a lot of uh, statewide candidates running for office, a lot of events. I think uh, Columbia County is there. Crawfish boil coming up. Jackson County has a, uh, a barbecue event coming up. And everyone's just trying to get people people out and excited. Things are getting fired up now. Yeah. And they have to. I mean, look, the, we vote on the Republican primary in May, May 24th, May I believe. May 24th, yeah. That's uh, the day. So uh, let me just say that that's a big part of the electoral uh, process. I'm going to have some of the judges on. And when the vote happens for them... It's the final vote. Yeah, unless uh, unless it's a, a three-way race where no one gets 50 plus one. Right. And so then the runoff's actually in November. The runoff won't be in June like in a partisan race. Yeah, we'll have a lot, a lot of time to get ready for it. Yeah. So, so um, but, you know, I mean, the fight's elsewhere. Uh, the fight's in the um, primary. Yep. You know, for the most part, there are still f- a few races where – you know, the general election is going to be close. But for the most part, 95% of the fights in the primary, who's going to win in the primary is going to be your, your candidate. Um, and typically after that, the fights in Pulaski County or Washington County, not in Saline. You know, we had uh, just county races, not state races. County races in Saline, we had uh, 35 uh, Republicans register right. and only four Democrats. Wow. Wow. That kind of says a lot, doesn't mm-hmm. it? does say a lot i remember when i was over on uh, signing day you were there i was there alan kerr was there elizabeth saltalara was there and i can go on and on there's a lot of people that were there that place was packed and um, i would tell you republicans outnumbered democrats 31 easy easy at this time David, how are you this morning? You drove all the way in from Conway. I live around the corner. I just wasn't awake. Oh, you were here. You're here <laughs> in Little, you live here in Little Rock. I huh? live here in Little Rock. I could, I could, I couldn't walk, but I could have ridden my bike this morning. Well, it's you could take cold. part in the the five K they're doing at the uh, the Catholic school. You could have ran over in I training. Could've, I could have run over. I could have done that. <laughs> you could have done that. Yeah. You you'd been sweating by you got time you got here. We'd put you in the other studio for that. So anyway. The um, state legislature yesterday approved the budget. Some interesting things in that budget. When's the last time that Arkansas ever saw cutting spending? That the budget didn't draw, didn't didn't get bigger. I mean, the budget got bigger again this year. So, you know, the thing that's frustrating is I got some numbers in front of me, and last year, of course. Budget didn't get bigger. Now I'm adjusting for population inflation. Okay. 2019 went up by 1%. 2018 adjusted for inflation and population growth didn't go up. But the dilemma is we have a whole bunch of years where you're like, oh, adjust for inflation, adjusted for population growth. So I already took that into account. Right. You know, it goes up 1%, 2%, 2%, 2%. And that actually adds up. You don't realize that that adds up. Well, I keep telling people the way you count to a billion is you start with one. Yeah, for sure. And, <laughs> you know, you have some extra money. You had a good year, right? If yeah. you have a good year, and we had a really good year this year, you know, um, 
Net oh. available revenue is up by $317.8 million. That's 7.5%. Um, individual income tax are 8.89 above forecast. Sales tax is, is up by 10% over last fiscal year, 2% over, fis- over forecast. So across the board, the money's flowing in. The dilemma is when the money flows in, you know, there's, everyone's got a great idea for how they should spend it. That's right. Now, I like to spend it by sending it right back to taxpayers. That's my thought. But there's an infinite number of good ideas that you can say, ah, oh, well, we'll spend a little on this, a little of that, or, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a one-year thing, Dave. It's going to be temporary. You know what Milton Friedman says? There's nothing so permanent as a temporary government program. So. Well, that's true. President Reagan said that, too. The closest thing to eternity is a government program. Yeah. So, And, and it's true. My, my thought is it's as if politicians, and, and Ken, you jump in on this as well, that it seems like, well, they sent the, their money in to the government, so they must want us to spend it on programs. Who wants to answer that one? Think that's right, Ken? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, there's take, this, another, take another drink of coffee. No, I, yeah, no, it, it's uh, you know what what I was what I was going to say is there's you know there's this idea that uh, you know you were saying we we have this one time money or we have a lot of revenue uh, coming in so we could spend it on something that we've wanted to do and and instead there's no thought of well let's look at what we currently have where we can cut in order to spend the money on what we want to do. Wow, what a thought. And I don't I don't understand why that seems to me. So cutting the income tax is fantastic. And I I think I think we can be on our way to zero percent. But at some point to get to zero percent, you will have to cut the state's budget you better to believe get to it. the income tax to zero percent. I agree with that. And I don't know why we didn't start now. I mean, the 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 fact that it was so hard to get under 3% of the budget increase is unbelievable to me. All right. So what do you think? Uh, is, there, is there appetite for cutting yet in the state of Arkansas? I think amongst voters there is. Yeah. Well. Uh, voters would like to keep their money. You know, we looked and we figured out that if – Arkansas had put together like a Colorado-style tax expenditure limit. They're sometimes called TELS because it's a D and an E and an L for tax expenditure limit. Or a TABOR, a taxpayer uh, protection. Uh, God, crikey, it's more early. But a taxpayer uh, yeah. protection bill. Taxpayer bill of rights is TABOR. That, you know, the average Arkansan per person would be saving over $300. And we we actually figured it'd be closer to 360 nice. per year. So you say, okay, family of four, three, you know, all right. That's a chunk of money, right? It's, it's money. Family of four times 300, uh, four times three is 12. So right. I'm helping people who are also asleep. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Like that, that that's, a, that's a serious chunk. And, you know, I can't go back in time, but I can start thinking about the future. Yes. What are we going to do for the, for the next 10 years? Because I feel like, and I guess I guess just get excited about these kind of things. Now, before you know, it's going to be 2032, and we're going to say, man, too bad we didn't do something earlier. Yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be 2023 and not too long, and we're going to be wondering why didn't we plan to do something in 2023. We're going to have a new governor. 
Yep. We're going to have several new uh, constitutional officers. We're going to have several new state representatives and state senators. We're going to have a new Senate pro tem, and it's going to be Bart Hester, I saw. Yep. Who's yeah. going to be the new, you know, and, you know, I've known Bart since he got elected, and he seems like a pretty much of a fiscal conservative. Yeah. So well, we got a new Senate majority leader yeah. uh, leading the Republican caucus and Senator Blake Johnson. Uh, I think, uh, you know, he, he's going to lead the caucus, you know, forward in a bold, aggressive way along with Bart. Uh, and along with Sarah. Uh, along with Sarah, and then we'll see what happens on the House end. They're, they're going to do their leadership voting next week when they return to signing die. Okay. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential um, uh, in regards to – because, you know, these these leadership positions actually matter. You know, yes, for, for they the, do. For the longest time, they were just, you know, we're the minority leader. And even when we were the majority leader, it's kind of like we didn't really know what to do with being a majority leader or the pro tem or the speaker of the House or whatever it may be, so – um, a lot of potential. Well, I'm see that you know Bart Hester was given the the the, the pro tem. I would have loved either him or Kim Hammer. They were running, both were running, mm-hmm. and uh, Hickey was running. And I'm sure glad that they didn't give it to Hickey. Aren't you happy about that? Well, I you have, can't say I have, anything. I have you no, can't com- say I have no anything. comment on that. <laughs> you can't say it. I can. <laughs> I'm happy that Hickey didn't get the head of the Senate. I'm just saying that. You know, as far as see, this is important. You got to lay that that foundation of your leadership team that has, I believe, the want yeah. to, to 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 make the changes that we really need to make in Arkansas, and that Republicans should be willing to make. Well, in Arkansas. Senator Hester has the consistent, along with Blake Johnson, they both have the consistent They've conservative been, yeah. voting record have. Uh, that we would want as, as leadership. And I so agree. hopefully that means there's a, you know, next session, there's an appetite to cut taxes, return revenue to, uh, I've always said it on the show and I don't, I don't it's never going to happen. But when you have, you know, we said a uh, billion dollars in surplus and we just cut that down to $750 million. You could get every single adult 18 years and older a three hundred and seventy-five dollar check, not a not a not a, a stimulus check, not a oh tax credit or whatever. Three hundred and seventy-five dollars of their own money back to them in their own pockets, and you'd still have two hundred and fifty million dollars left about in that? surplus. Okay. How many people pay taxes? Do you have any idea the 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 number of people that are paying into the tax system I think of it's Arkansas? About forty percent. All right, forty percent. We love for kids, so they don't they don't really pay, right? Okay, but three million, forty percent of that. All right, so let's just say a million two. Yeah. Okay. Times three seventy five. Holy cow! Yeah. Think about that. What that yeah. will do for your your uh, your economy. All right, yep. quick break. We'll come back. We've got uh, Dave Mitchell here from Acre at UCA, and then of course my good friend Ken Yang is in the studio. He's the chair of the uh, Saline County GOP. He's the chair of chairs here in Arkansas as well. And I'm Dave Ellswick. I'm a nobody. We got more coming your way. Hey, don't forget about David Lucas. David Lucas Financial. I uh, know that you're concerned about out-of-control government spending. You're controlled about a president that says, Mr. President, what do you want to tell Americans about gas prices? And he says, they're going up. And then they said, well, what can you do? It's not up to me. It's the Russians. Time for a new president. 
Just saying. Anyway, uh, anyways, why millions of Americans now are saying, I need to buy silver and gold. I got, I got to get in the market. If you'd gotten into the market about four months ago, you paid $1,500 for an ounce. Now you're going to pay for over $1,900 an ounce. Just, just know it's, it's jumped up that much. Now, as fast as it can jump up, it can jump down. Just keep that in mind. You're talking investing here. But it can or could uh, help you protect your, your assets like your IRA, your 401K. And uh, David Lucas Financial works with uh, one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country so that you get direct prices from a dealer you can trust. So learn about buying silver and gold. It's not like going out and buying a, you know, just a, a regular everyday you know piece of stock or whatever. There's some of the things you got to think about. 501-222-3315 is the number uh, to call for this information. That's 501 222 3315 investment uh, advisory services are offered through David Lucas financial and Arkansas registered investment advisor. If you're watching on Facebook, you know, I didn't leave. So I didn't really come back. I've, I've been here the whole time. It's, <laughs> it's just a figure of speech that we, we use. All right. That's just the way it is. All right. Place to send your money to, uh, to, uh, help, the people of Ukraine here. I mean, you don't want to give your money just to any fly by night organization. You don't know whether you're putting money in the wallet of somebody that lives here in the United States and is just looking for the, you know, the good life here or what. Uh, so I got a hold of Rick Pazette. Uh, he is the senior pastor of New Life Church. Uh, that's the church that I go to. And I trust him that he's going to give me good information. And he did. All right. Uh, go to uh, City Serve dot us forward slash donate now when you go there and you put in your name and and whatnot it's going to ask who do you want to give this money to uh you know give it to the city us international and all, all that money is going to go to churches that can be trusted over in poland and ukraine and, and things of that nature uh they just gave enough money here uh he says uh what was it he got for me here um, this is Dave. He says, uh, we're giving away 1 million meals to refugees and much more. We just bought a van for them over there. So just know that your money will go where it's needed to help these people that are coming out of, out of the Ukraine. It just, I'm going to be honest, almost makes me cry to watch these people being displaced the way they are and watching the children, a six year old. Uh, yesterday and i'm sure there's more than just this one died of lack of water that should never happen i'm just telling you it should never happen and may putin burn in hell for this just i'm being honest about it the way i feel i hope that god fires up a special corner for him when he dies as uh, you know i'm i'm of the opinion, I don't believe he's going to push any button about nuclear weapons. He wants to live just like anybody else. Uh, I think we should start meeting force with force over there. It's going to have to happen. He ain't going to stop, man. I'm just telling you, the guy ain't going to stop. He gets some with the Ukraine. Don't think, don't think he doesn't want, you know, those other three, you know, countries over there that aren't in the, in the, in NATO and whatever. Just get ready. All the major wars start in Europe. Where they happen to something about those Europeans, 
And they get they get it started over there. Do you hear what the Ukraine, Ukrainians now told uh, Putin? He said they said Ukraine will be the new Stalingrad. Now, if you don't know anything about Stalingrad, you don't have any idea about World War II. Read about Stalingrad. They stopped the Nazis in their tracks in Stalingrad. The one thing about war starting in Europe is they start in Europe because of weak leadership from That's the right. West. That's right. A lot of it going on right now. Weak, and in this case, it was previously in World War II as weak leadership from the United Kingdom. This time, it's weak leadership from the United States. And a lot of these people that uh, are weak in leadership, you wonder, because their pocketbooks seem to be growing while ours are shrinking because of this war in Ukraine. Well, it it was only to me, it only made sense that you cut off the Russians from us buying oil. We're their number one customer, and they're using that money to buy munitions to lob onto the Ukrainians. Mm-hmm. So, you know, quit sending them oil money. Yep. Just stop. Will they sell it somewhere else? Here's what I would add to it. Okay, if you're another country and you buy the oil from them, we'll cut you off too. Mm-hmm. That's the way you do that. All right, let's take a break. Let's head out to uh, the national news. Here we go. Don't forget about PI Roofing. I had them out at my house uh, just a couple of weeks ago. New roof on uh, the Ellswick uh, Stead. 10-year leak-proof warranty on it. 25-year warranty on the roof itself. And uh, I drove by the house uh, last night before it got dark. And, uh, man, it was shedding the water beautifully. It looked wonderful. And uh, you can get the same kind of service from PI Roofing. By the way, Joel Johnson will join me in the first hour tomorrow. A lot of things you should think about when you talk about roofs, and you should be thinking about roofs. If you Number one, if it's over like 15 years old, you should be thinking about it. Number two, you should be thinking about it because springtime is just around the corner. We saw a little bit of that over the weekend uh, with tornadic activity, high winds, lots of rain in certain areas. And uh, you may need a new roof before it's all over with. 707-3551 is their phone number. And you can reach them online at piroofing.com. Tune in tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Here, Joel Johnson, CEO, uh, with me on the air talking about PI Roofing and what makes them so unique and why. At least as far as Dave Ellswick and the Ellswick family is concerned, no one. No other roofing company has ever walked on the roof in my house, and I've owned my home now 20 years. So keep that in mind as well. 636, let's get back to talking with Aker here. David Mitchell is here. Uh, ask him to come in. He said, yeah, I'll be happy to do that. I forgot. I thought he was making this big, big, um, you know, sacrifice to come on the show at 6. Well, all it was was getting out of bed because he lives here in Little Rock. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's okay. We'll we'll cut, we'll cut you some slack here, David. Excellent. Excellent. I do have a budget question. Yeah, go. So it's in the proposed budget included a $7 million increase for elementary and secondary education. And I think a lot of people don't know, you know, budget uh, stuff requires two-thirds votes uh, during the budget session except for what they deem as essential. And those two, two things they deem as essential is health care, uh, and education that only requires 51. And so that's why we always ha- seem to have a significant increase in like DHS and Department of Education. Um, I'm curious to see what this 70 minute increase is compared to previous years. And also, uh, you know, what is this 7 million going to? 
I, I don't actually have that. I'll, I'll look. I brought some numbers with me. Yeah. I'll, I'll kind of dig through. But, yeah, I'm always very curious. And often when you look at these budgets, it says just a line and with a number on it. And you are expected to take it on faith <laughs> that the money's going to be well spent. Right. And if you ask, you're like, oh, we look at every nickel. You're like, I, there's no way you look at every nickel because that's not how it's set up. You have a line to vote on. And I don't think you look at every nickel. Okay. And there's partly because it's not designed that you could look at every nickel. You can't really say, well, where'd this nickel go? I guess to some extent you want all of this to be as transparent as possible. You want to be able to follow the money as easily as possible. School districts are really hard. They are super hard to follow the money on. They hide they the money. Do. Um, there's a couple school districts that are really good. Like which most, ones? Do you know? Uh, yeah. So Washington County, Benton County have like, you can actually follow the money pretty clearly. But often it just, you know, if you say, oh, I want to see the budget, they're like, oh, yeah, we can show you. Here's how much we spend on, on personnel. Here's how much we spend on facilities. Here's how much we spend on, on overhead. You're like, well, three lines is not actually a budget, my friend. Um, I want to see, like, what, where did the money go to? How much of it went to administrative support? I want to also be able to find very simple things. I want to be able to look at your name and sort of say, huh, I wonder if you've magically hired all of your, all of your relatives and put them on as consultants. If you have budget transparency, you can't pull you can't pull those kind of stunts. But we have this transparency program at Acre, and it's because this guy in at Acre named Mavuto, he likes to keep track of how often some government official in the state of Arkansas has been arrested and convicted for fraud. And that makes sense. <laughs> I, I don't think it, we've only acres only been around for seven years, but we've never had a two week period go by. I think you guys have been coming on my my show since the moment that you were conceived. Pretty, pretty, pretty close, pretty close. But you know, on a regular basis, some school district you find out that they didn't have good controls, and someone stole two hundred thousand dollars from the school right, district. Right. Right. Well, that's because, one, you let you know, the person who approves the checks and writes the checks and does all the check m- money was the same person. That's not a good idea. And you think, well, 200000 you know, that's, that's more than two te- teachers. So, right? if you, it's more than two yeah. teachers, full-time salary. Right. It's a ton of like, ESL teachers, you know, of personnel. So what was the uh, uh, budget when you all started seven years ago? The budget seven years ago. Here we go. All right. Now on. we get into the real nitty gritty. So, total RSA spending was four point seven billion, and then now we're over six. six. Yeah. yeah, went over six in seven years. When added in over two billion dollars just from the state. That's not pass through money. Yeah, that's just the state. that's just the RSA money. Yeah. So, and it is one of these things like you're talking about. The way you get to a billion is you start with one. That's exactly yeah. right. That's what my daddy always taught me. So in seven years, we've, we've increased our budget by, what, almost 20%? Yeah. Jeez. Don't you wish you could do that? Nah. <laughs> Doesn't, don't people wish they could do that here in the state yeah. of Arkansas? Mm. With other people's money at that. Yeah. yeah Not even with your own money. Yeah. With somebody else's. Wow. It'd be nice to be able to do that. It only happens to politicians because they're not using their money. Well, I guess they are. They... I'm hoping they're paying their taxes, you know. 
How, how far back do you have it? How far I, I just only printed it out back to 2010. 2010. Okay. And, so two, and what was it in 2010? So in 2010, it's $4.3 billion. 4.3. Wow. All right. Hey, Wayne Beach wants to join us. He's got a couple of comments. Hey, Wayne, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Dave. Uh, I just found out uh, over in this eastern part of the state that uh, they spent $240,000 for uh, each for two tractors. It's 480 total for two tractors. Okay, for who? Uh, mowers. And you could bought those same tractors for probably about the uh, probably about forty thousand dollars to it. These guys are going to tear them up anyway. They, uh, but that's that's one of the big things, the big ticket items I look at is, you know, that's nearly a half a billion, uh, half a, a half a uh, million dollars on I mean. And we're sitting there, we're sitting there just uh, spending money left and right. Well, it was the same. Uh, we 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 vehicles we, that the transportation department just got. Look at look at how nice they are. Yeah, we we and just I look look. Well, Wayne, you know we're spending on on. Uh, they say we're spending on roads. You might want to check check see where that money's really going to. That's all I had to say, Dave. Well, Dave. the other thing is, Wayne, and and we we've seen this in other areas. Remember, remember when they were together, and they were talking about shots for COVID, and some doctor said, "How much are you paying for the shots?" And they said, and he says, "Well, we pay for," and it was like. 11 or 12 dollars a shot he says i spend a little over a dollar that's where we got it that's where the nitty-gritty comes in and we got to get people the transparency you're talking about yeah. david it's I mean, happen. Even on thank you wayne we appreciate your call thanks wayne um so often it's very hard to find what was going on with with any kind of procurement at any kind of government level so at the state level it's better but at the local level at the county city school district the procurement transfer is very hard, and that's why I'm always curious. Like, where did you buy this from? Who else put who, in a bid? Who owns the business who that you bought business? it? Is it your brother-in-law? Are you hoping desperately to get him <laughs> off your couch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's couch surfing. Yeah. yeah, I can understand that. I mean, the, these are questions that government officials have to ask. Yep. Sometimes they may even know, but they don't want to get on the bad side of somebody. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is it makes it hard for, like, a regular mom-and-pop firm to feel like they have a fair shot because they're always kind of afraid, oh, I'll put in a bid, I'll try and get this contract, it's going to go to his brother-in-law. Uh, and that's not fair either. You know, you, everyone should have a fair shot at these contracts. Well, a lot of people ask me, how do politicians, you know, get elected and they don't have a lot of money, but whenever they leave office, they get a ton of money? It's that because of all the it's all the information that they have privy to. Yeah, you now, know, it's not as bad here as it is in Congress. No, no, in Congress it's terrible. All right, um, but this is here. Let me give you an idea. Maybe there's a lot of land up uh, in the eastern part of the state, and it's to be had for what fifteen hundred dollars an acre. And you find out that in the very near future, they're going to build a b- big car factory up there, and that land is going to zoom up to $5,000 an acre. Mm-hmm. So you take your money and you buy it for still the $1,500 an acre, and then you turn around and it gets sold to the company for $5,000 yeah. an acre. You're making $3,500 per acre, and let's say you bought a couple hundred acres. Yeah. That starts adding up if you can do that a few times in a row. Yep. Yeah. 
And that's what happened in Congress. They know what what rules and what laws are going to pass and which medications are going to be picked up. And they buy stock, folks. They they, they don't think they're going to. Yeah, they're not cheating. Yeah, they are. What companies are about to buy other companies? If somebody from a company told you inside information and you bought their stock because you had inside information, you'd be like Martha Stewart. You'd go to jail. You would go to jail. Yeah. Yeah. But Congress people do not go to jail. No, they do not. And they get slapped on the wrist sometimes. Not even, not even. Sometimes yeah, it's, a, it's just free. You know, it's, just, it's just free information, as they would say. It's just so. Uh, you know, I, I love that when Nancy Pelosi was asked about this, she goes, "Oh, well, we're free market economy. You know, we do free markets." The only time she's ever been interested in free markets <laughs> is when she's buying stock with insider information. When, yeah. poor, when her husband is buying. The oh, stock. right. Yeah, when her husband is buying. Yeah, stock, that's she's pouring millions of dollars into their bank account. You know, so she can build a bigger fence around her house. Yeah. Or her more expensive refrigerator for her ice cream. Uh, I guess her and Biden get together and have ice cream parties. I, I'm not going to judge people who want ice cream. I like ice cream quite a bit. Well, I like ice cream, too, but I buy the off-brand. I buy oh, okay. I buy the Walmart brand at $5 a gallon. Okay. All right. She buys the, the little tiny the little, size yeah, those little tiny ones. Yeah, yeah fifteen dollars yeah. or whatever they they, <laughs> they are. All right, quick break, then we'll come back. We want to look at the budget some more. These are things you gotta pay attention to. You should be asking your elected official that you want more transparency in the state budget. And not only state budget, in your local budget, your school budget, your city budget, your county budget. You, you should be able to go online and pull that up and be able to know where each penny is being spent. I mean, just you should. And that, all they got to do is pass the law to make it happen. Make it happen, please. We'd appreciate that. All right. We've got 13 minutes to seven. We'll be back. We're going to talk more about this. Don't forget about East End Towing. East End Towing wants you to know that uh, they will come out and handle whatever situation you're in. Uh, they can handle it, and they've got all the answers for it, whether it's a public property tow or a private property tow or you got your uh, camper on the back of your car and, you know, your car broke down and two uh, tires went out on your trailer, whatever. They can help you out. Just call them, 501-888-8849. I give you that 501 number because you got to use it now. If you don't use it, you get that. Nephris, you know, you can't put the, your that number is no longer in service. 501-888-8849. That's East End Towing. All right, so let me turn it over to David here for a moment. He's from uh, Acre, from UCA. They're one of the uh, great groups uh, that, that are out there that uh, really can help uh, us understand what's going on with the money that's being spent statewide. And can anybody call you and ask for a report on a countywide issue or anything like that? Yeah, on the county stuff, we have a county transparency thing that we do. It's actually on our website. So if they're interested in county data, we can we can help them on that pretty easily. Okay. So each county is supposed to have their budget online, and we have a link to it if they do. There's a couple of counties that have not wanted to put their budget online, even though they... Ooh, wonder why that is. Yeah, I do too. Um <laughs> Most, you know, because a couple of years ago, the law got changed. They're supposed to put their full budget online. Right. Um, you know, all the bigger counties already were, but a couple of the middle-sized com- counties were not. The middle-sized counties mostly have. 
Um, yeah, you could do that, and we could just give you the link because they're supposed to, each county is supposed to have their actual budget online in detail. It's the school district and cities that that may or may not have their their budget online. All right. Well, here's what I'll say. I think that the state government should have you guys come in on any bill that is looking at spending taxpayers' money and ask you all to give them the real deal information. I don't think they're going to like that, you know. I know they won't well, like I, it. And only a few, I think, legislators. You, I mean, I, I look at y'all's information yeah. a lot when, you know, during the income tax thing, y'all had a graphic, yep. I think, about savings. And, and they were great. on my show talking yeah, about it. Yeah, it. It, it, was, it was great. And, I, you know, Representative David Ray is one of yep. those people that really like to use your uh, information. And it, I think there's too few of them that use your information. Yeah. Uh, here's what I say. That uh, Acre is the Heritage Foundation of Arkansas. That's that's how I see it. That's a pretty big compliment to the Heritage Foundation. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it is. That is. And it's okay one. that they're affiliated with UCA. I'll, yeah, I'll well, give them a pass. Yeah, on that. that's okay too. Yeah. I, I'm a Hendrix alum. Oh, okay. so. yeah, Hendrix alum. Okay. So <laughs> it must be nice. Let me to just rich. ask this, David. When you look at this new budget that they okayed just yesterday, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm asking you to make some statements that maybe sure. you you haven't had a chance to really comb through it. What are some things that concern you that you see, and what are some things that make you as an economist happy? All right, I'll, I'll, I'll go. So the first thing is, <laughs> you know, the, I, for the longest time I complained about the rainy day fund, which is not called the rainy day fund. Right. First it was called the long-term reserve fund. Then it was called the catastrophic fund. You could actually have a, a reserve fund that's too large. And... Normally, when economists look at this kind of data, we sort of say, let's shoot for the 10% range of your, of your over budget should be in the rainy day fund. A couple states are really weird. Wyoming, their, their revenues fluctuate with the price of oil and natural gas dramatically. So sure. some of these years they have zero. Wyoming is a weird outlier. North Dakota is also a weird outlier. But mostly you look for in the 10% range. But you should also have a lot of rules about how you're going to spend it. Because if you have a big pot of money, it's too tempting, Right. We're all human. You have a big pot of money. It's super tempting to say, well, we'll just spend a little bit here. Man, spend a little I got bit a great idea. Everyone's got a great <laughs> idea. And remember, <laughs> the, the, the problem for poor legislators is what happens to them all day long? Someone comes up to them with a great idea about how to spend the money. Yep. That's, that's what happens to them all day as far as I can tell. So you want to have some real rules about that. And then you also want to say, what's going to be our rule for how much the budget can grow? Because if the if the Budget can only grow so much. Then you have to make these hard decisions like, okay, we're going to have to make some cuts here. The cuts are never going to be fun. And they're never like, there's never, I think David Ray actually says, you know, there's never a big fat chunk of, of, you know, fat to cut out of the steak. It's all marbled in and you got to pull it out little by little. And he's actually right about that, that there's work involved. And since it's work, it doesn't sound very fun to let people go and close programs. People just... Don't do it in the same way that you probably have a personal project you're supposed to be doing that feels like work and you didn't really want to do it. So you've been it's been on your to do list for the last five years. I at least have some of those. But you you put down a a constraint. You say the budget can't grow by more than this. There's like three different ways to do that. The Colorado way is you get to grow by inflation and and population growth. That's how much you get to grow. The Oregon way is if revenue comes in more than 2% above forecast, people just get checks in the mail. 
the Oregon way is kind of weird because you're like, wait, what the, what's going on with the forecast? But um, that's their method. A couple of states have a, hey, if personal income grows, state government budget can grow. Personal income grow, doesn't grow, you can't, you can't spend any more money. Yeah, I always like to people say, well, what good is it to send somebody a $30 check? You know, well, I'll tell you what, if you don't want the money, send it to me. Yeah. I'll take it. Hey, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> 30 bucks is how much the price of gas might be going up per, per week. Yeah, you know, you're right. your take. You're absolutely and correct. You couldn't use 30 bucks to take your kids for pizza? I can't really take I, your kids I, for and pizza. And I, I get yeah. beyond livid when people say it's only a penny. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, that's and, why and, I always and, say and you my, start my, at yeah. one. And my dad always said, well, how many pennies do you have? <laughs> yeah. How many pennies do you have? He said, if you could just, for 24 hours, stand in front of the busiest uh, and and have Walmart give you a penny for every single customer that goes through their doors in 24 hours, you'd never have to work a day in your life again. Nope. Yeah. Absolutely not. So how many pennies do you have? And, it, and nothing drives me more insane than, than politicians. It's only a penny. If you spend $100, that's only a dollar, you know, of $100. Yeah. Well, how many dollars do you have? Yeah. My key is if they're giving me a penny, I just want it to double. Yeah. But yeah. It, what's interesting is y'all come out with so much good stuff. You know, we attempt to, y'all attempt to, people like myself and David Ray attempt to get in front of people. And I'm just amazed of how many of our Republican friends don't want to read your stuff. We work hard to make it readable, and maybe we should work harder. So if, if, if none of them good. are reading on it, then they, maybe it's our fault. Well, but, if they read it, and maybe they just don't like it. And yeah, yeah. That's more, that might be it, too. They yeah. don't like it. Look, I ain't a rocket science, uh, scientist, but I can read your all's material. I'm not an economist, but I yeah. can understand you know what you're saying. Oh, good. good. And, yeah, and, it, makes, yeah, and it makes easy. sense. It's, it makes that's sense. That's the key. It makes sense. And then when you've got a natural... Uh, you know, uh, resource, and that's what I see you guys as should be used more often. Yeah, uh, I mean, we're, you don't need to go get a consultant from some other state. Got you guys here right now right. to help us out. Doesn't yeah. cost us a penny. That's, that's right. good stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff, David. I appreciate you coming in. Oh, thank you. We're going to get you back on. Uh, see if we can't get you and your your buddy back on here. And, yeah, uh, Joseph loves to get up early, come out. Yeah, and tear tear this stuff all apart again. We'll see what Bart Hester has up his sleeve as the head of the of the Senate. We'll find out who's going to be the head of the House next week. But yeah, we'll have, exciting uh, stuff. We'll get David on here in the next week or so. So Dave Ellswick show. Stay stay around. Ken's going to hang in here. We got Congressman Hill coming up on the show. move into the second hour don't forget to get your ticket uh to uh, tomorrow night's town hall meeting uh first one to be held by 1011 fm the answer we thanks uh, our thanks to american uh, for prosperity and others who are making this possible if you still want to get involved 
and be a sponsor, you can do so. Uh, this is an opportunity for you to meet the candidates and the candidates who decide to come and uh, and hear what they believe in and what they're saying they'll do if elected to that particular office. Tonight's lieutenant governor, five of the six candidates will be there. Uh, the only candidate that has decided that they will not attend tomorrow night is uh, Leslie Rutledge. She uh, has said that uh, she just, I don't know, doesn't have time or whatever, decide not to come uh, for the uh, event tomorrow evening over at Agape at the uh, Family Life Center. Uh, you know where the big church is uh, up on the hill. Well, they're down below, and uh, you go to the back of the parking lot, and it's the building at the very back, and come on in. It's a very nice facility. Uh, you'll be comfortable. You'll be able to hear these guys really well, and it uh, should be very interesting to see what they have to say. I've got about seven questions thus far. If you have a question for the lieutenant governor's uh, candidates, uh, Republican candidates, then uh, you send them to me at town hall at Salem, S-A-L-E-M-L-R, Dot com and I'll get to questions. Alan Kerr will be asking those questions. I will be keeping time. I will have my stopwatch. They get two minutes to answer the questions, and then I'm going to go out and buy myself one of those little air horns so that when they hit two minutes, it's, you know, they're, know they're done. Yeah, they're loud, and that's the reason I'm going to use it. They, they, they can't say they didn't hear it. You might not hear a bell. Ding, ding, ding. You will hear an air horn just so you know. Uh, so I'll be doing that, and we'll be running it. It goes from 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock. Cost to attend is $10, and all you have to do is go to 1011fmtheanswer.com and click on the link to Will the Will there be popcorn? Uh, thing. Uh, no. Oh. Um, we're not, I'm not giving out any free food or anything. Come, We're giving out free information tomorrow night. <laughs> all right, free information tomorrow night. All right, joining us. From uh, Washington, D.C., in the land of fences and walls, uh, let's turn our attention to uh, Congressman Hill, who joins us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Are you, are you going out to, to say hi to the truckers out there, uh, Congressman? Dave, great to be with you. We specialize in walls here, except on the southwest border. But, uh, <laughs> That's right. So uh, for the State of the Union, the Secret Service ins- in- insisted on the Capitol fence. It cost $862,000 to put it up basically for one day. And uh, they turned around and took it down. Oh, good. But but our great our freedom convoy is circling the Beltway uh, and uh, absolutely demonstrating the need to get our economy back open. But we have not seen them right here in uh, on capitol hill so we're wishing them well and wishing them safe travel and appreciate their voice being shouted out around 495 well they said i know i heard from a couple of the heads of that uh, convoy they said that they didn't want to be treated like the january 6th people uh in washington dc do you go along with that well, what I go along with is uh, they want to be have their voice heard and be respected, and they don't want to be surrounded, you know, probably by uh, cops on the mall and treated like something bad's going to happen when they're just making their voice known. Right. I think they're being pretty effective doing this, Dave, because the the media here covers it every day. 
on television and the flags are flying and the point is made and the newscasters are reporting it. Good. I haven't seen it that much, you know, outside the local news, but uh, their message is delivered. And, you know, look at look at their efforts and our efforts here in Congress. Suddenly, you know, magically last Monday, COVID ended in the House of Representatives. It was crazy to see it happen. It's like uh, the Holy Spirit came over the place. <laughs> We heard, we heard a gust of wind, and then boom, there's no COVID. The mask came down, and Uncle That's right. and, and Nancy could sit there maskless and clapping and memeing. That was amazing. Yeah, well, I just wish that it had happened years ago. What, what was going on with the uh, the speaker with the, the fist thing and the kind of standing up and dancing behind the president? Well, when you have a presidency as successful as this one, Hello? Yeah. I mean, this is this is instead of uh, President Trump talking truth and having his speech torn up, and uh, we have this uh, puppeteering going on there with Schumer and Pelosi about just how extraordinary pleased they were that Joe read the speech they wrote. Right, I got you. They got excited about <laughs> it. They did. They got excited about yeah. it. And looked behind him, and when he instead of saying Ukrainians, he said Iranians. Yeah, you could see the face of the vice president, and because she was mouthing along, she was lip syncing with him. Uh, yeah, well, we, we thought, hell, we thought he said Uranians. We thought <laughs> he was going to talk about flying to Uranus or something. We didn't know what was coming. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about serious stuff, and yeah. there's some really serious things going on. President of the United States was in Texas yesterday, one of the big oil states, and some reporter yells out, "Mr. President." What would you tell Americans about gasoline prices? And he yelled back, they're going up. And, he's, and the, the reporter came back and said, well, what are you going to do about it? He says, not much. It's the Russians. That's exactly what he said. You've got to be kidding me. This is the man that's leading our country, and he, that's his answer? Well, it's bad on all fronts. First of all, uh Biden is so bad on energy policy that now he's blaming Russia for the high gas prices we're paying now. I would remind you that it was high four dollars uh, here in Washington three months ago, right. long before the long before the Russians invaded Ukraine. Uh, gas prices are going to go up. They are going to go up because of the number, uh, you know, top producer with ten percent of the world production is. Uh, you know, in under sanctions. But the real reason you're paying more at the pump, I'm paying more at the pump. Plastic's going to cost more. Food's going to cost more. Transportation's going to cost more is because on January 20th last year, Biden started a war on fossil fuels. Well, yeah, he said he was starting a war. I mean, he said he that this it. is and a war needed to be fought. Here's the here's the terrible thing of last week. For three weeks, uh, we have been pushing to end the import on uh, Russian gas uh, uh, oil for refining here. <clears throat> we gave them, uh, you know, we were buying 600,000 barrels a day roughly last year, several billion dollars uh, last year. And it was an easy thing for us to do. But here's what Joe Biden doesn't get. And what we talked about on a phone call with the cabinet uh, uh, three weeks ago, urging him to take this step because you cannot sanction Russia successfully without in some ways sanctioning the oil and gas industry because it's 40 percent of their GDP is oil and gas exports. And they had exempted those 
in the financial sanctions on the banking system and on the central bank. Repeat, they had exempted right. that hard currency earned. So uh, there's no doubt Republicans on that call, and I'm proud to have led that call. I got thanked uh, all day yesterday by Democrats walking down the hall. Thank you for speaking up to uh, cut off uh, Russian imports. We wouldn't have been able to do it without you guys to get convinced Biden to do it. And I said, well, that's great, but you're missing the critical point. The critical point is not ending that 600,000 barrel a day import. The critical point is boosting American production which this administration has turned off in so many ways. And they are backtracking now. And it shows you how tone deaf they are that they fly to Texas for a political event yesterday, but they don't meet with producers. They don't even call attention to the need to open up permitting, get that LNG facility construction, reopen pipelines, encourage more pipelines being built, encourage American drillers to be active. They're just completely passive about it. And the final thing I'll say, which, again, the media is not covering, is you hear Jen Pataki and people talking about permitting and leasing. And they say, oh, there's lots. There's lots. Uh What they're not telling you, what they're not telling you is that Janet Yellen and the bank regulators behind the scenes have been encouraging banks to divest of any loans for the production of oil and gas in the United States. They're using soft power, suasion, their regulatory stick to encourage people not to support building our reserves and pumping our American natural gas and oil. That's the that's the backstory. And, uh, you know, the reporters aren't covering it because it's not it, the nuance of that is too tough for them sometimes to focus on. I got you. We got to take a break, Congressman. We're going to come back. I want to talk about the the economics of lowering gas prices and uh, why telling uh, telling Alaska that they can go ahead and produce a million and a half barrels instead of just a half a million barrels, which would replace what we're losing from Russia. Why that would work and work fairly quickly. We'll talk about it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Seventeen minutes after seven. On a Wednesday, Congressman Hill is with us until 7.30. Congressman Westerman at 7.35. Don't forget about Billy Mack, the owner of ICUProtectionLLC.com. You give him a call. He'll do the alarm security monitoring for your home or your business. Right now, you probably need to protect both the way crime is going here in uh, central arkansas just call him at 501-205-1333 501-205-1333 and know this you will pay for this service but not any of the hardware that will be absolutely free to you pay for the service not hardware with icu production llc whether it's alarm securities or monitoring your home or your business ICU Protection LLC can take good care of you. That number, one more time, 501-205-1333. All right, on the show this morning as normal on a Wednesday at 7 o'clock to 7.30 is our congressman from the 2nd District, and that's French Hill. He joins us, and let's talk a little bit just about economics, uh, Congressman. Oil unlike a lot of other things, is bought by buying futures. 
And uh, this is why I say you can you can slow the amount that gasoline is going to uh, cost quickly by if you show you're going to raise production here in the United States, like Alaska, let's say they're going to replace all of the, the barrels of oil that we would have tr- uh, typically gotten from the Soviet Union or Russia, as everybody likes to call them. Uh, the bottom line is that uh, we, uh, we, can, we can have an impact on prices. I mean, right now, the, if I'm not mistaken, the airlines haven't bought a lot of their fuel that they're going to use in the near future because they buy it in futures, then it goes out to, let's say, the middle of this year. Then they look at buying fuel again. So that's when you start watching for ticket prices to go up or to go down. You know, get those Southwest Airline big breaks that you can get on a, on a, on a plane ticket. A lot of people don't understand that, and it's very and evidently the president does doesn't, and Saki doesn't because they they say they can't have any immediate effect on the sticker price at the pump. Exactly, and uh, this is why airlines, for example, are the biggest hedgers of fuel probably in the nation. I would guess maybe next to the railroads, anybody that runs a big transportation network. And if we were to say before the pandemic, we were producing 13 million barrels a day. We were the largest exporter of natural gas in the in the world. We were doing great. We're down to about 11 million. This swing uh, that we're talking about offsetting Russia and also contributing to lower consumer prices here can be accomplished by the president doing everything in his regulatory power and his cheerleading power, including what I mentioned before the break about intimidating banks not to lend money, by setting up a plan. Let's let's actually say what's happening, which is Europe's at war. We want to help our allies, and, and let's have a campaign to get oil and gas pumping and transported. It'll bring down prices here. It'll bring down the futures price because then they're anticipating how much supply is going to come on the market, which is your point. And that's true, too, with Canada and Mexico, our partners in the U.S. MCA trade region. Both Canada and Mexico are huge producers right here in the Western Hemisphere. They're not dictatorships like Venezuela and uh, Iran. This is where Biden's got it all wrong. We want to put Midland, Texas over Moscow, and we want to put you know our domestic uh, friends and allies uh, for uh, you know, over these terrorist states that he's like allegedly negotiating with on producing more oil. It doesn't yeah, make we, any sense. we were just talking about that over the break is that I, I just find it abhorrent. And, and, uh, you know, Saki was asked about it at the press conference and she, you know, of course, it's just conversations that we would even, even have conversations with Venezuela, Iran and Saudi Arabia, uh, while they're playing. I, I, I think I saw on Politico this morning, wanting in their eyes to put republicans on record of the ban on russian oil so that they can say well see they they they're the ones that increase your gas prices well that's actually come up in our meetings we have these bipartisan joint meetings with the cabinet to talk about the crisis we actually had a democratic congressman stand up in that meeting and say and when we do what you want which is to ban russian imports i want to make sure there's no republicans talking about that democrats raise gas prices this is what they're up to this is why biden said what he said he's blaming his bad economic policies which actually caused the increase in gas prices due to what constraining supply 
he's constrained supply of domestic production. And so that's why we're not going to let him off the hook. We thank him for banning Russian imports, something Congress was getting ready to vote on this week and override his bad decision, by the way. Strong bipartisan vote we would have had. But you've got to do the other part. You've got to put Texas over the terrorists. You've got to put Midland over Moscow and buy America. The Democrats are always pledging to buy America. Okay, well, let's start buying American oil and gas. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean that's, you know, I, I see these. You know what? What did uh, Joe Biden say yesterday? That uh, it is absolutely false that his administration is the reason why we're not uh, having production uh, in our uh, uh, renewable energy energy production, uh, and the fact that he could look in the camera in Texas yeah. and say that. Yeah, but let's look at it this way. He had that press conference before he went to Texas. And did it not drive you crazy, Congressman, that he said, we're producing more oil than we ever have. We haven't had a downplay in the production of oil. That is a, that's a flat-out lie. It's false. And here's, you know, we're always talking about what is Joe Biden tuned into and what is he not tuned into. Joe Biden went to the Senate when I was a freshman at Catholic high school. He has never <laughs> done anything productive in the economy in his entire life except sponge off being a career government official here in Washington for basically 50 years. 50 years he's been up here doing this. So he doesn't know how the economy works. He's just good at getting on the camera and blasting Supreme Court nominees and being wrong on every foreign policy policy decision for the last 50 years. So I don't expect him to understand how the oil and gas markets work. And I don't expect him to question his staff and they go, oh, hey, boss, uh, we're producing more than ever. We've never blocked a permit in the last year. You know, he just doesn't think for himself. So. Well, and, and they don't they don't get a chance to call him out on it. I mean, I watched Ducey the other day trying to challenge Saki on it, and she goes, well, well, wait, 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 let me finish, let me finish. Well, why? You're just lying to the American people. How about you tell them the truth? We had a press conference yesterday <laughs> with all of us who are promoting energy production in our country, hiring our people, building our pipelines, employing Americans, helping our friends in Europe. We called it. Uh, Midland over Moscow. And the press questions we got were all hostile. Well, you know, you say that uh, the administration's not producing more oil and gas, but they are. This is a Bloomberg reporter. I mean, no. And then we had to lay out the facts. Uh, we had the facts, and she still, I don't know what story she wrote, but they don't want to listen to the facts about what the administration's hostility against oil and gas for a year has curtailed and chilled production. And I would have come to that State of the Union speech, and I would say, effective on such and such a date, we're importing no more Russian gas. And I call on every American working in our oil patch, double your efforts. Double your efforts. Let's lower prices at home, and let's help our friends in Europe. End of speech. I'm with you. I'll go along with that one, Congressman. I really will, and you know that. I would go along with that. I want to thank you for joining us this morning. We'll be probably talking about it again next week here on the Dave Ellsworth Show. All right, we will do that. All right, so Congressman French Hill from District 2 and his thoughts on what's going on in Ukraine, what's going on in our domestic oil uh, fields as well. When we come back, it'll be Congressman Westerman at the batter's box on the Dave Ellswick Show. 
Congressman Westerman will be with us momentarily. He'll be calling in and we'll be talking to him. But until we get to him, let me remind you about Pat Davis and what he can do for your health insurance. You can save 30 to 50% on whatever you're paying on health insurance. That's right. 30 to 50%. And that's usually a significant amount when you multiply it uh, by 12 and just do do the math. Did the math yesterday about what it would cost, what it's going to cost you a dollar and a quarter more for a gallon of gas if you fill up twice a week uh, and uh, get about 15 gallons per fill up. It's well over $2,000 a year extra you're going to pay in uh, gas prices, plus probably another $1,000 extra just to buy the food that you're buying on a normal occasion uh, in the supermarket. But look at what Pat can do too for you. Save that 30 to 50% as well as fix it so you don't have any co-pays and your deductibles are reduced as well. This is all money in your pocket instead of going to the pocket of, uh, you know, the physician or the hospital or whomever, uh, the insurance company. Remember, it deals with uh, insurance uh, providers of any ilk uh, that you're buying from. Doesn't matter who it is. Uh, this Pat Davis uh, program will affect them. Call him at 501-605-6935, 501-605-6935, or visit him online. It's yourhealthplanman.com. Again, yourhealthplanman.com. Uh, Pat will join us on the 24th of this month uh, to to do the specifics of uh, what he's talking about to, to try to help you understand how he's going to save you this much money. All right, Dave Ellswick Show, let's go uh, to the phones. Congressman Westerman joins us from District uh, 4. And, uh, you know, Congressman, how are you doing today? And I'll just start off with the same question I had with Congressman Hill. Did you happen to catch uh, the president of the United States after he left from his little speech in D.C. yesterday, went to Texas, and had the audacity uh, when a reporter asked him, what would he say to the American people about these high gas prices and what's going to happen? And he said, they're going to go higher. And then the, the, the reporter came back and said, oh, well, what, what are you going to do, sir? And he said, I can't do much. It's the Russians. Do you, you know, do you want to snatch your head out of your head when he says things like that? Yeah, I did a, a couple of, um, uh press conferences yesterday um, with our GOP leadership team and then uh, the Republican Study Committee. We all did press conferences on the energy. And the, the questions the reporters would come up with, it's like they um, were trying to blame all these energy prices on Russia. And it's like, hello, where have you been? Have you not followed what's happening with the price of of energy? Have you not followed the policies that the Biden administration's put out? I, I mean, it's amazing the obstacles you have to overcome in, in in getting a message out that you just go in assuming that the the press understands the the groundwork of how you got to where you are. 
that Biden put in his proposed budget that they would not support anything that would lower the cost of fossil fuels. I mean, it is an all-out frontal attack on on energy that this administration has done and for the press to start for him to start making excuses and saying it's all russia and then the press to uh to cover for him it's just atrocious but the the american people aren't going to buy that he can't weasel his way out of this and try to blame it on somebody else i'm I'm sure it was trump's fault somehow uh we'll we'll find out that trump caused high high prices because that's what they usually go back to yeah, what about, you know, we talked to Congressman Hill about this, but it's a part of this story that a lot of people uh, are, for some reason, may be missing. Uh, but the President of the United States told the Federal Reserve to make it more difficult for oil-producing companies to get the necessary financing that they need to do their business. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, uh, I one of the things i said yesterday is we're sleeping in the in the bed we made when your energy policy is dictated by children in europe by woke investors on wall street and by politicians that think electric cars are the solution to uh, uh, an energy and a climate crisis uh, this is the kind of energy policy you get and wall street is just as much at fault for this as the as the Democrats because they are cutting off funding uh, to energy companies. All this ESG woke junk that they're pushing, uh-huh. um, you know, that's that's a big part of why uh, we're facing what we're facing right now. And you see this with with like big oil companies. I've talked to some of the producers down in South Arkansas, people who drill wells, you know, small businesses. Um, and they told me they've never seen anything like this, that historically, when oil goes above $80 a barrel, that they're having to turn work away. Now, these are guys that drill shallow wells. Um, they said they've got business right now, but the, the uncertainty that this administration has created has got people just sitting on the sidelines that are sitting on oil deposits on private land uh, who aren't facing permitting issues. Uh, they told me you can still borrow money from banks in Arkansas and Texas and Louisiana uh, on oil projects. But people are so gun-shy that this administration is going to do something else stupid, like put a cap on the price of oil. Uh, they're continue- they've, they've shown that they're um, you know, opposed to anything with fossil fuels, so they think, uh, you know, these prices may be high now, but if you're spending three or four hundred thousand dollars to drill one of these wells, you've got to have enough time uh, to pay that that uh, investment off. And there's so much uncertainty that's been created by this administration that that people who are sitting on land with with oil under it are not spending the money to invest in it. And that's the real danger that that this administration's creating. I've been talking about this on. Uh, critical mineral development, uh, how they just pull the rug out from under uh, companies who've been working in good faith to develop these resources, uh, and they, they're creating a business atmosphere where people are afraid to invest. Well, it seems like also their their solution, Congressman, is twofold, is to blame the Republicans for the rising gas prices with the ban on Russian oil, and then in order to, quote, 
unquote, solve the energy crisis to negotiate uh, with Venezuela and Iran? Yeah, that's, it's unbelievable. You know, you're going to take, uh, quit buying oil from one ruthless scumbag and start buying it from others. Uh, it's, it makes absolutely no sense. When we're sitting on billions, billions of proven reserves here in the United States, we can produce it cleaner, we can produce it safer, uh, and we don't have rights violations in producing energy here either. And, and it's not just oil and gas that we need to be producing. We need to be producing every form of energy uh, we can. Uh, you know, we should have learned from the Germans who decided to close down all their nuclear power plants. Um, you know, they started in 2011 with 17 plants, and they'll close their last six plants by the end of this year. That's what they're on schedule to do. Uh, so now they're building coal plants and buying uh, gas from Russia because they found out that their their windmills don't cut mustard. So they they need to. Uh, we need to be developing nuclear power. We need to be developing alternative uh, power sources because the more power we can provide here and energy, um, it, it frees up uh, like uh, natural gas that we can ship to our allies in, in Europe and to other parts of the world. It could be an economic boom for uh, the U.S. and it would cut off the funding mechanism for uh, you know, these rogue governments in Iran and, and Russia and Venezuela. It's pretty amazing to me, final question before we go to our break, and, and that is that the administration can't figure out if gas prices keep on zooming the way they are, 7 8% a day, uh, they're going up. I guess I, I read that a, a barrel is about $130 now. Uh, over a few weeks ago, it was at $100 a barrel. And, and that, that That's going to put pressure on the economy, could lead to a recession where – if you allow Alaska to start getting back to producing oil the way they can, they can make up for the lost uh, uh, Russian oil uh, easily just up there in Prudhoe Bay. And then whatever else that we can produce here in the, the United States, jobs and uh, the the economy keeps on roaring. It doesn't go into a recession. Uh what is it that they can't see about this? I mean, this is elemental economics here, uh, Congressman. Well, they they bought into this religion that fossil fuels are are bad, and they can't uh, even even if your goal is to get away from fossil fuels, they have no strategy to do that. It's like a, a cold turkey approach that they're pushing, and they have a total misunderstanding of how energy works. And how critical it is to all parts of the economy. You know, the thing that really concerns me right now is that um, the um, the amount of natural gas that it takes to make nitrogen fertilizer. Right. We're going into the planting season. Uh, we've already seen record inflation. Uh, everybody that goes to the grocery store knows how much more food costs. If you jack up the price of nitrogen fertilizer, you're going to raise the cost of everything in the grocery store because uh, the cost of row crops uh, goes up, the cost to transport um, stuff to the market goes up, uh, all that feed that, that you use for poultry and pork and beef, 
the cost of that goes up, and you're just going to see higher costs in the grocery store. And also with what's happening in, in Russia and Ukraine, I was reading where about 12% of the calories produced yearly in the world uh, come from uh, that region. So you could you could literally create um, um, starvation in, in poor parts of the world because if there's a food shortage, places like the U.S. are going to spend more money to buy the food, and you're going to get countries that, that get left out. So this is a it is not a good picture going forward with increasing energy costs, uh, with this war in Ukraine, and then um, you got all the supply chain issues uh, that are still there that haven't gone away that should be being addressed. Uh, but now we're we're dealing with with Ukraine, and it's like just a path of destruction that this administration is leaving if you if you look back at the timeline since uh, biden took office all right we're going to come back and finish up our conversation in a moment let me uh, remind you i told you i would find a, a really good uh place to send your money to to help people in ukraine and this organization has already uh fed a lot of people over in the ukraine uh, as far as uh, the deal dealing with uh, food, a million meals over for the Ukrainians, and they just bought them a, a new van as well to help them get out of uh, the uh, the Ukraine area and over to Poland, things of that nature. That is, go to cityserve.us slash forward slash donate. Again, cityserve.us slash donate. It'll ask you where you want the money to go to. Send it overseas to the Ukraine. All you got to do is uh, is mark that. I, I did it today. Uh, I gave a donation, uh, not for me to tell you how much. Uh, do that in secret. Do what you can and help the people in Ukraine. We'll take a break right now on the Dave Ellswick Show. More with Congressman Westerman when we return after these don't forget to get your ticket to go to the uh, town hall tomorrow night just go to uh, 1011fm click on uh, town hall or whatever the button at the top and it'll take you take you to the, the website to uh, pay ten dollars for your ticket uh, to attend the town hall we're uh, excited about doing this well, i've uh, i've got about eight questions right now from you uh the questions are coming from the listeners if you want to uh put forth a question for the lieutenant governor candidates then, then send them to townhall at salem s-a-l-e-m l-r dot com i'll get them i've been writing them down and i'll type them up uh tomorrow morning and have them all ready for alan kerr uh for uh, tomorrow evening's town hall. With that in 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 uh, mind, let me turn it back over to uh, Ken Yang. He's got some questions for you, Congressman. Yeah, you had alluded to it before it went on break. I kind of want you to expand on it because uh, you know, inflate you not only oil oil prices going up, but inflation's um, when you just going to the grocery stores, hitting people's pocketbooks, and the administration doesn't you know seem to want to talk about you know the the crux of it. As you alluded to, the growing price of nitrogen fertilizer um if you just you know look up the price increase uh, depending on what state you're looking at you're looking anywhere from a 
a 30% increase to a 120% wow. increase uh, wow. in the price of fertilizer for farmers. And, uh, you know, I didn't know if you could address what the long-term effects of that could be just throughout 2022. Yeah, well, probably not as bad as uh, the effects of me just going up five flights of, of stairs. <laughs> just, about, <laughs> just about got my wind back. But, uh, no, it's, uh, uh, it's obviously going to be devastating to food costs. When you increase input costs that much on agriculture, and on the, you know, the base part of agriculture for row crop farming, where you're producing the grains that not only go into uh, human food, but also the the grains that go into animal food. So you're going to see rising prices in the grocery store across the board. And, you know, that's just one example of how the economy depends so much on energy and how it affects every part of the economy. So it's going to be devastating. Yeah. I think I heard a story just the other day that they looked at the rise in uh, fuel costs and the rise in food costs, and the average uh, taxpayer will be spending an extra at least $3,000 this year on on both of those items that will have an effect all the way across the economy correct yeah you know i had uh we were starting to get visitors back in dc now and i had the uh um uh the, the lunchroom ladies the the school nutrition folks their organization that came into the office and they're talking about the increased cost of, uh for school lunches um, I think they said that it's an average of about four dollars per per lunch right now, wow. and they're seeing they're seeing shortages on supplies, and they're also seeing increased cost on supplies. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's across the board when you start talking about um, food supply, and these energy costs are directly uh, related to it. It's not only the the cost of the nitrogen fertilizer, which is huge, you've also got to put fuel in those uh, those tractors. You've still got to um, move that product from the the field to the uh, to the grain dryer. You've got to use energy to dry it, energy to process it. Then you got to send it to the distribution center and out to the grocery stores. You got all the transportation costs associated with it, um, and you, you, the farmers can't and the producers can't bear that load, so the prices are going to have to be passed on to the consumer. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll ask a really dumb question that you can probably answer quickly, but it's, it's a dumb question. Uh, and I see news articles after news articles saying that Democrats are preventing the GOP from submitting proposals to solve these issues. The Democrats are kind of doing it themselves. What is their solutions to all the problems we just talked about this morning? Uh, build electric cars. Uh, they they have no solutions. We uh, Kathy McMorris Rogers, who is the uh, from Washington State, she's the ranking member on the Energy and Commerce Committee. She and I authored a bill last week called the American Energy Independence from Russia Act, and it basically uh, paved the path to do uh, domestic energy production to permit LNG facilities. Um, you know, the Biden administration is sitting on permits for six LNG export facilities. 
it would get pipelines back in operation. It would remove uh, obstacles to produce energy off of uh, federal land and federal water. We put this on the floor as an amendment last week. Every Democrat voted against it. So, I mean, it was a real solution to address uh, domestic energy supply. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think what people need to understand is that the left, the people driving policy in the Biden administration, want to see high prices. Because when gasoline is uh, $5, $10 a gallon, uh, that makes these uh, renewable projects um, uh, competitive. All right. When you start start doing all that, we'll talk more about that next week, Congressman. You have a great uh, rest of your week, good weekend, and then we'll talk to you again next Wednesday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We ap- appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Ken. All right, so we'll talk to Congressman Westerman. We're out of time. Ken, thank you for joining me today on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll see you again next uh, Wednesday. I'm Dave Ellswick. I'll see you again at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.